0: Hey, we are fantasy on draft. Welcome to episode numero cinco. I'm NMFL with my co host, Miyagi Poka. Howdy, howdy, man. Week four, Dunsky in the books. I got a one four no oh team. I got a three and one team and a bunch of two and two teams. Then the one league that I'm actually the champ. I'm one and three. Oh, I'm gunning for you. Luckily, <laughs> no own fours. But how are your teams
1: looking? Um. Yeah. Just like you, no own fours. I don't have a league that I'm undefeated in. Um. But yeah, for the, for the most part, I have two leagues that I'm three and one, and the rest are two and two. Um. I think my worst league is
0: um our best ball league so i don't really care too much about that one so oh yeah i didn't yeah. even look at those some of those we do where you play against the spread so you can get one or two yeah wins. It's,
1: it's two points per week that you can gain on and one of them i think i have one out of like the
0: total 10 available
1: so. yeah <laughs> yeah
0: um today's episode we're gonna get to some week four news notes and injuries a little rookie quarterback talk we'll tell you about some players that <laughs> hurt us this week and some last minute lineup choices we made that only benefited our opponents, and then give you some matchups for you to take advantage of. But first, let's let's get into our beer of a day of the day. We are drinking a double dose, double IPA. It's a collab from Fort Rock and New Glory, right? Yeah, yeah, they're uh, two Sacramento breweries, which is pretty close to where
1: we're at. And um, Sacramento's got a really big craft beer scene, and uh, a lot of brewers know each other and. Uh, some breweries don't get along with other breweries it's just kind of happens after uh, you have you know upwards of a hundred craft breweries in one area like that and uh, these two breweries would kind of take shots at each other on on social media just kind of playful jabs and and they do it so much that people kind of thought they were beefing together and oh oh, yeah and um, so to kind of calm all those rumors they, uh, they got together for a collaboration. All of the jabbing at each other is just because two of the, the two now head brewers uh, used to work for a, uh, a real shit brewery um, that makes good beer. But like the public relations for that brewery went straight to the toilet. The owner's a, a scumbag from what everybody understands. So when they branched off and started their own, they still kind of give each other shit about their shared time there. Um, so when they got together and made this double dry hopped, uh, double dose, double IPA um they had a lot of fun doing it and it came out great it's beautiful it's got you know a lot of uh, southern hemisphere hops. uh this uh Vic secret and um i believe galaxy is the other hop they focus on and uh those are generally really good tasting beers yeah
0: yeah this beer is really good it uh, comes in at eight percent abv and um i really like mm. the the flavor of it. it's got a lot going on at one time yep uh, social media is for both breweries, uh, Fort Rock Brewing and at New Glory Brewery. Those are check those out. Good, good breweries. We really like them. By the way, we've now made it to five episodes. Man, we did it. What a handful. What a what an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, I just I feel like we're you know we're so good at this yeah, now. Basically pros.
1: I mean you know I'm gonna lease out a Tesla now. It's it's happening. Yeah, congrats.
0: We'll we'll cheers on that, and we'll uh, get on to our fifth episode. I'll drink to that. Um, There were some injuries this week. There was a few people that that have made some significant injuries in fantasy. Uh, David Montgomery, I think, was a big one. He had a a knee injury. Heartbreaker. He was killing it this year. It looked really bad while it was happening. Um, Turns out sprained knee i think is what they've officially decided. yeah yeah it's just a uh, uh, hyperflex and it, yeah so it looks like he's out four to five weeks he it looks like he didn't uh just miss the dreaded acl mcl type yeah. for the whole year that's so, what it looked like right you're watching right. it like he's done for the season yeah i i have him in a league and it it was kind of one of those injuries that at least it happened in the fourth quarter so you yeah. got a good game out yeah, of him it's a gentleman's injury yeah <laughs> Um, unlike some other people, um, Logan Thomas, he hurt his hamstring and his happened on what the fourth play of the game, I think it was was very early and he got you a big old goose egg, big zero, uh, the Washington actually put him on IR. So he's out for a minimum of four weeks, Jimmy G, he had a calf injury and didn't play the second half at all. He, in his press conference, thought he would miss multiple weeks, but now apparently it's been downgraded to a calf contusion, and he's actually questionable for this week. Yeah, I was going to say, they're actually listing him as
1: potentially playable this week, which is tough because, you know, you you get really excited for, you know, Trey Lance to come in. He looked pretty good, um, and uh, so now you're on that seesaw of is he in or is he out. So um, hopefully we'll get some more decisive
0: information here soon yeah shanahan keeps saying that if jimmy g's healthy he's going to be the quarterback but trey lance looks like a beast of an athlete when he's out there yeah he just kills it so we'll see what they're going to do it's keep an eye on keep an eye on it. if you are a jimmy g owner keep an eye it says he's questionable right now hopefully we'll know a couple days before game time teddy bridgewater concussion he's in the concussion protocol he's questionable for this week it does sound, last I heard, like he's trending to play, but it's still up in the air. Yeah, if you're a Broncos fan, you hope he's going to play.
1: Um, Drew Locke just didn't look that good. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, Teddy B is known, like, he d- he doesn't air the ball down the field a whole lot. He's kind of safe with the ball, which is exactly what they need with that defense, where Drew Locke just airs it out, makes bonehead throws.
0: Um, pretty irresponsible with the ball, so get better, Teddy B, you know. Yeah, if you have any of the pieces from Denver – you want Teddy B in yeah. there for sure. Will Fuller, he's out again. He has a broken finger. They also put him on IR. He's out at least three games.
1: Same old song and dance, my friend. I was
0: <laughs> I was listening to uh, a different podcast yesterday, and they call. They were talking about how without the PEDs, how mm-hmm. you know he's just never going to stay healthy, yeah. and how bad he needs the PEDs, and and one guy called him a ped dispenser, and I just <laughs> cracked up at that.
1: It's true. It's accurate. I mean, we, we were all wondering last year when he was going off. We're like, this is what it looks like when he can stay healthy, and just to
0: find out he was petting, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, speaking of Trey Lance, what's, what's some of your first opinions? We've now seen all the rookie quarterbacks that have all come in and played with Justin Fields coming in, and he was – uh, Chicago now says he's their starter mm-hmm. moving yeah. forward. The rest of the season. What's your kind of first thoughts about the rookie quarterbacks through the first little bit we've seen them? You know, it's, it's, hard,
1: um, it's hard not to be a little disappointed in some of, uh, you know, you got Trevor Lawrence who's supposed to be just the second coming of Peyton Manning, which actually I guess he is because Peyton Manning sucked his first season. That's, That's, true. All the, That's true. We all forget, you know, quarterbacks used to take a year, two years, sometimes even three years to develop into something. And now, um, myself in- included, I-, I expect them to come in and be productive right away, um, which is a character fault. I need to work on that. You know, I know they're rookies. I know they're learning a whole new system. And uh, I-, I try to temper my expectations. But, um, you know, when you do Dynasty and you're-, you're looking at all the college tape and you're hearing about all this talent that's coming through and then you get to see them right away, um, you hope it translates really quickly. Um, I mean, Mac Jones looks like field general. You know, he he's got full control of that offense. He's um, calling plays at the line. He's taking care of um, you know what he needs to do. Uh, Trey Lance, when he comes
0: in, looks pretty damn good. But I mean, at this moment, <laughs> is Mac Jones the best of them that we've I mean, seen? It kind of. It I mean, not good. that it will be going forward, but right now he's kind of playing the best, right? I'll say that he looks most like.
1: How he did in college than any of the other players, uh, Trey yeah. Lance. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get a chance. To, nobody got to, a chance to see a whole lot of him. Um, he only played the one season. But from you know what he's come in and, and he's looked good. But he's made some errant throws. He's kind of aired it out. Um, but Trevor Lawrence looks. He looks pressured and kind of kind of lost out there. So uh, hopefully he he figures it out. I don't know how much of that is Urban Meyer with all of his off field distractions, um, but. Um. yeah, and then Zach Wilson's just, I mean, he's got a beautiful arm,
0: but he's just throwing the ball to the wrong colors. Lots of interceptions <laughs> lot. from Zach Wilson. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, it's kind of disappointing. I was hoping he was going to get an NFL coach. Yeah. And he didn't. No. And it's, it's rare for a college coach to come in and quickly translate to the NFL game. Yeah, And then, yeah, Urban Meyer has been doing a little – off the field action <laughs> yeah. a little too much bump and grind if yeah. you know what I mean yeah so yeah I, I think the quarterbacks it's it's going to be fun to see to see them I'm a Niners fan so I'm looking forward to Trey Lance hopefully he can protect the ball a little bit and Just if you keep can... keep getting it to Debo exactly <laughs> he, and Debo let's get Kittle involved we'll yeah. see what happens yeah I think that Justin Fields has looked horrible but yes. I'm excited to see what he can do I I think he needs to be given the reins and not have Andy Dalton looking over his shoulder, let him get a little comfortable in there and see if he can, you know, find control of that offense and start running around like he's supposed to a little bit and throwing some good balls. So I think, I think these guys are fun. They're going to be fun to watch. We'll see the next couple of years, but
1: yeah. The potential is there for, for a lot of big plays and a lot of um, exciting developments to, to football. I think, Um, yeah, Justin Fields, from everything I've heard about him and his personalities, he's been approaching this game as a professional since high school, and, um... This isn't any different. He seems to really be focusing on, on every week, like immediately after the games, there's reports he's already in the locker room looking at all the film, and he's asking questions about the game plan for next week. So hopefully with that type of work ethic and effort, he can he can get it pulled together because I, I put a lot of stock into him.
0: Yeah, I saw the report that after his first game, his parents wanted to take him to dinner after the game, and he said, nope, got to yeah. go watch some film. Yeah. So that's that's promising. Yeah, yeah. That's what you want. Exactly. It went yes. over
1: a locker room too. So it sets a good example, and that's what you want from your
0: quarterback. I was laughing while I was watching Sunday Night Football. <laughs> there was this nice moment <laughs> where they put this graphic up that it was the first game in NFL history that both coaches were sixty nine plus years old. Congratulations. And then it's got <laughs> a picture of of both coaches and that both says they're sixty nine years old. Just, <laughs> yes. Somebody out there uh, thought they had a great
1: moment. Oh, man, I commend that guy working in that that video booth who put together that graphic. You know he was
0: giggling. Yeah. Nice.
1: (laughs) Nice. They
0: probably gave each other high fives. Exactly. So we had games this week. Uh, Who hurt you, man? Who hurt you this Ah, week? Dude. So I actually had a pretty good week in fantasy.
1: Um, There's always players that let you down. And uh, at Sunday night when I was putting together my notes and everything at the time, I was going to go with uh, Swift. Um, I'm really high on him. I think he fits in that offense great. Um, I think he's got the potential to be an Eckler type of back in that system, Um, especially, you know, Anthony Lynn coach transfers right over there to be the OC, and it was looking like that. And he still had eight attempts and six targets. Uh, but the efficiency was way down, and Williams got the majority of the usage, and that that really sucked. I hope that's not a trend. Um, but then Monday night football happened, and mm, I mm. was uh, I was sitting pretty. I needed um, through various other things. I needed I needed one two yard catch from Mike Williams um, for about three quarters of football. One two yard catch, and I would have been fine. And they My, didn't even look at him. Like, Mike Williams is, what, the wide receiver
0: three or something like that going into, the, going into yeah, that
1: game? Yeah, um, I believe at the point he was a wide receiver one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is a dude who's averaging 10 targets for the first uh, three weeks, seven receptions, uh, just under 100 yards, and over one touchdown per game. So I watched that game. I listened to the commentary pointing out Mike Williams matchups and it wasn't like they were scheming him out. They had the third, their third string um, corner on him because of injuries. And they just couldn't get him the ball. And yeah, I saw there was a couple, couple close misses. Oh, he had like a 75 yard touchdown just past his fingertips. Yeah. And that would have been game over. And I, I was like, Oh, well, at least they're looking for him now. <laughs> nope. Yeah. So that hurt, man, that, that hurt. Um, how about you, dude?
0: Man, CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb hurt me. CeeDee Lamb has been my guy this yeah. year. I traded in a dynasty league. I traded three first-round picks for CeeDee Lamb. I, I would still do that. I, I probably would, too. But he hurt me this week, man. He had two catches and 13 yards, I think it was, and just couldn't get anything done. I, I heard a pretty nice stat yesterday that helped keep me high on cd lamb it was that he had five targets which was a 23 percent target share because dak just didn't throw yeah. the ball so yeah. that's nice to hear but it doesn't help me this week yeah it does not yeah the game plan for that for that week was run the ball zeke went off
1: uh there was no reason to really air it out too much that just kind of happens and yeah, yeah.
0: And I'm just not used to it happening to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. Dallas is always airing the ball out. And I mean, Dak still actually had a pretty good game. And it was nice to to see Zeke go because there's been a lot of questions about him. But uh, yeah, C D put me behind. And I have too many shares. I am man crushing on him. And, and he hurt me. How do you like that strategy? This isn't something we were going to
1: talk about or anything. But if you have a whole bunch of players... That can just ruin all of your leagues if, if they don't go off. Do you still um,
0: Do you still like that type of strategy? Yeah, I'm in that boat in a lot of leagues. I have thrown my thrown guys into my teams and done a lot of it, and I like it because I find it hard sometimes when you're rooting for a game, rooting for a player. You do when you have a lot of teams like you and I do, yeah. you find where. I'm rooting for CeeDee Lamb in this league, but I need him to only do this good because he's going to beat me in that other league. I need
1: him to score between 12 and 14 points. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> if he scores 14 and a half,
0: I lose in this one. And, and so I don't like that. Plus, if I think a guy's good... Right. I like to have him in as many places as I can. So
1: in, in redraft um, when you're just drafting every year, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of have variations in your teams, but I found in my dynasty leagues, um, I like players that I think are good. And I think that I'm good at spotting talent and good at spotting good players. So I try to go out and find them. And so I see a lot of crossover in my dynasty leagues where either I'm killing it like with, 4-0, or I'm I'm losing pretty hard. So, um, yeah,
0: I was I was just curious because I, I think the same thing. It's like, dude, if he's a good player, I'm gonna go and get him. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. And I mean, and if he's not a good player, I go out and get him as well as is <laughs> my favorite son, Carry on Johnson, <laughs> who has now been cut by as many teams as shares that I have of him. Probably 100 teams. He, he's probably. got cut by 100 teams, and uh, that one hurts. Yeah, and but I, I still can't find it in me to let him yeah, go so you dropped him right i dropped him in a redraft league. <laughs> no, you this didn't. morning i did oh. i did i dropped him I'm in a redraft to league that. to pick up another player i think i picked up a defense actually is what i did actually i picked up miami's defense who also hurt me this week but we'll get into that a little bit later <laughs> in the in the show I'll, I'll tell you that story all right Question of the week. What is your favorite style or setting of fantasy football? Do you like the one quarterback? Do you like the super flex, redraft, dynasty? What do you play mostly? Um,
1: well, my favorite is, is super flex. I, I really enjoy the added value on quarterbacks for such a valuable position in real football. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense to have that value translate into fantasy football. Um, I, I like the strategy of trying to acquire um, a significant amount of quarterbacks just to uh, keep them away from other teams as well. And it, they're usable. Um, so I, I really dig that. Um, we've done a couple of tight end premium leagues. I, I like those, um, but it, it seems like there's still that top tier that just like, for sure, you know, you get, sure. I've gotten 60 point games from Waller and that's great. Cause he was on my team and that's great for anybody who has like Waller, Hawkinson, Kittle, Uh, Kelsey Um, but it still doesn't it still doesn't catch up there's still such a huge gap between those top tier tight ends and the rest of the tight ends Um, I think it just keeps them from ruining your your league or your your team your matchup that week Um, whereas uh, you're still just getting such a huge boost from those those premium uh, tight ends Um, I also like ones with a lot of wide receiver spots at least two flexes Um, I feel like there's so much depth at wide receiver, it it can be just kind of a crapshoot. So when you really do need to stash quite a few of them, uh, you get a little bit more strategy involved. You got to look into matchups. You got to look into quarterback matchups, who they're playing against, um, what type of scheme they're running. If it's a full point PPR, you know, you can get a lot more value from somebody like a Jamison Crowder or or Jarvis Landy historically. um, Not playing right now, but, um, you know, it, it adds a little bit of extra um, thought to, to what you're doing and, and a little bit more value to those super deep position
0: players. For sure, yeah, I agree. The super flex is definitely my my top way to play. In Dynasty, <clears throat> I think yeah. in redraft, I'm still doing the one quarterback thing, um, but in Dynasty, for sure, the super flex, it really makes draft picks worth something. Yeah. Uh, especially this year, this class with, you know, having as many quarterbacks as it did, you were able to get some of the top running backs, and top wide receivers around pick eight. Yeah. And See, Jelonte went in the second round. <laughs> yeah. And in one quarterback league, those guys, yeah. the top guys went one through five. Yeah. It's over. At pick six or seven, you're grasping at straws. So yeah. it really makes picks valuable, which I enjoy, especially if your team is good. Like if yeah. you have a good competing team and you are picked 110, 111, 112, it's nice to still have a player, yeah yeah, you know and then for, for super or for tight end premium, I 100 percent agree with you mm-hmm. on the scoring. I do like it just for trade value. I feel like you can trade and you know me, I, I have <laughs> too many tight ends in every league I'm in. Mm-hmm. I hoard them, and one of the main reasons I do that is to trade them. Yeah, everybody always mm-hmm. needs a tight end, and you have a young tight end coming up. <laughs> you can throw that in as an extra piece. In tight end premium, it just holds a little bit more value. And I feel like when, when you throw in a an Irv Smith, that's a nice piece and it, you know, it sounds great if you need a, a tight end, but when you say, Oh, it's tight end premium, they get the yeah. bonus, people jump on it a yeah. little bit more. Yeah, I think I just traded AJ Green for Tromney Tramble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> so I, I, I would never done. I'm also in I'm in a tiered scoring league. Yeah. Which is uh, running backs get point five PPR wide receivers get a full point and then tight ends get one and a half points and it's it's fun I don't really notice a difference when it's when it's playing yet I've only this is the first year I've done it except for scores get really high yeah I have a buddy uh shout out Joe Griff his he scored I think he scored 249 (laughs) points this week but his You know the the top, the max that he could have scored available if he had played the perfect lineup was three o eight. Holy crap! Yeah,
1: Yeah. that's a lot of points. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, in that league, two hundred is a high game, but it's it's doable. There was probably five of us that or four of us that hit two hundred that week, but a three hundred point game that is.
1: Yeah, and you kind of glossed over something there too that I I I like to mention the um the bonuses, man. The the hundred yard bonuses, whether it's you know we do. I think it's five five extra points if you break 100 yards receiving or 100 yards rushing, or if you combine for those two, you get 100 points. So you get or uh, you get an extra five points. So um, if you have you know somebody like Saquon who's catching and rushing the ball, it, um, Gibson. You know, obviously, CMC
0: is a beast in that format. Uh, it just kind of adds a little bit for it as well, and, and I dig that. Yeah, my buddy Sam, he commissions my, probably my longest running league that I've been <laughs> in, and I got brought into that league, I think it was year three, year, year two, and they had that. That's where it came from. They had a five-point bonus when you hit 100 yards or 300 yards passing. The very first season, I was so angry at it. <laughs> I hated it that people were, you know, just doing their normal day-to-day activity and yeah. then they were getting this five points. Yeah, felt like they were getting a bonus for doing their job. <laughs> now, every league I commission has it in there. Yeah. There's too many times when a guy has 100 yards rushing, yes. had a great game, mm-hmm. you know, got stopped at the one-yard line mm-hmm. twice, yeah. and he gets you... 10 points. Yeah. And then some Joe Schmo had three carries for one yard and two touchdowns <laughs> and has a better game than you. And, and that was hard for me to, <laughs> to wrap my mind around and deal with. So now a hundred yards gets you that five point bonus. And Really, for a good day of work, yeah, you, you get a good game, yeah, and it. it's more than just doing your job the 100 yards, you do
1: you, you did your job of well, course. so yeah, right, yeah, there, that's um, that was the, the huge part for me, too, is exactly how you describe it. It's like, dude, how am I gonna get 12 points for Keenan Allen getting 120 yards, and then Jerome Bettis is gonna get 18
0: points for two yards and right. three touchdowns, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, we, we any league that I commission, I commission a lot of leagues that that were in that's that's in there because we just really like the way it makes your guys and it does make scoring up a little bit but honestly scoring is fun
1: that was my next point it's like dude more points are better for me like i i I mean you don't want to get too ridiculous but i mean something's kind of fun about looking down and seeing a 200 burger dropped
0: on somebody that's that's a good game yeah it's the same thing with with team defenses i don't know a lot of leagues have no team defense we've played a couple leagues without it but in leagues I commission, I change the settings a little bit, too. I hate when your defense gets a negative because yeah. sometimes it's just so fast. Some leagues, you know, once the other team scores 21 points, they get negative three. It's yeah. like, well, that's not fun. That's, yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are our definitely our preferred ways to play. Um, we were off a week, so I am going to ask you another question of the week. We oh, got sweet. two this week okay. just for fun. Um, which Alabama quarterback is going to have the best fantasy season? So okay. we got Tua Tagovailoa, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. and Mac Jones. Okay, who who's going to have the best fantasy season this year?
1: Uh, I mean, for me, it's got to be Hurts. I mean, he's he's been efficient. Um, he runs the ball. It provides a, a great floor. Um, he started every week, and um, I'm projecting him to start for the rest of the season. That I can't really be said for the other two. And he he looks like he's advancing still in his growth as an NFL quarterback. He's getting better. Um, Definitely. And at at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of hype around him just because of the floor for for his rushing. And I think that's still incredibly valid. But I didn't see him uh, growing at this rate. He's he's actually been a very um, serviceable NFL quarterback. And if he keeps that up, he's going to keep starting. Yeah, and, for sure. And, you know, he, he does have some really young weapons there. Uh, for the most part, Devontae Smith looked great. He still has Rager, who I'm hoping will do uh, more than he has. Um, Sanders is still an explosive running back. He looks, he looks great. The two tight ends. And then now you throw in Kenneth Gainwell, who's catching the ball and, and yak yards for days. I mean,
0: he, he looks great. He looks great. Yeah, I think definitely Hurts has to be the answer for this, especially with Tua being injured right now. And Mac Jones, I think, looks like a good Alex Smith-type quarterback. You know, where he's he's going to do what needs to be done, but he's not going to always throw high yards and high high touchdowns. I think Hurts has been looking a lot better than I thought he was going to. Yeah. I really liked him in college, the way he carried himself. He was clearly a team leader yeah. um, for both Alabama and, you, you know, when he went to Oklahoma. But So he's always been somebody I've been really impressed with. Mm-hmm. I am worried the league is going to eventually figure him out, yeah. uh, kind of Colin Kaepernick-esque. Um, you know, people, Lamar Jackson is an elite <laughs> yeah. athlete yeah. Yeah. that you can't, you can't figure that yeah, guy out. Can't. Jalen Hurts is not bad, yeah. you know, Lamar Jackson, they pass. Neither of them pass great NFL style, mm-hmm. you know, but the athlete that Lamar is, it doesn't matter. That's he's going to do, do whatever. Tier, yeah. Hurts is not bad. <laughs> yeah. He does run the ball yeah. and rush and you get that rushing yards, but I am worried a little bit that they may figure him out, but he's definitely this year for sure. Going to, going to have the best year. I, I have a lot of stock in Tua, so I do hope no. Tua, turns it out but you know we'll this year we'll we'll definitely both say hurts for sure
1: and who knows mac jones might have a better nfl record he might you know uh start commanding that belichick offense like a g and and, i mean remember early in tom brady's career way back way way back and at the beginning of his career um He would. He wasn't a big passer. Like he wouldn't stack up yards. He wouldn't have a lot of touchdowns. He would just win. He would just win. Exactly. And if that's all that he needs to do, that's all that Mac Jones is going to do in that system as well. So, um, you know, maybe twenty years from now we'll be talking about uh, Mac Jones breaking every record.
0: But until then, I'm I'm seeing him just being more of a field general for a bit. Wouldn't that be funny? I mean, you could say the same thing. I mean, you (laughs) know, you wouldn't have said the same thing because when Tom Brady was drafted, nobody even knew who he was. I mean, nobody cared. But it's just yeah, because that was going to be the next question. Who has the better career of the three? Oh <laughs> And uh, yeah, it could hundred percent be Mac Jones. I, I think TuA would be the answer to that question. Uh, hopefully he figures it out and he has the better career because I am worried Hertz kind of gets figured out. and yeah and eventually he's going to lose a step and he has to be able to throw the ball. But:
1: Yeah, I think Hertz has a couple good years. Um, at least this year, maybe won't well in next year um it, but yeah I, w- I would have to agree i mean mac jones as long as it it is concerning now um that belichick's had two years now without tom brady and his and now he has this whole defense they took the COVID off last year um but they're still not like still not looking great
0: yeah no you that, know and really they they are, look like they're completely rebuilding which yeah. also looks like is giving belichick migraines Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, This week's show is brought to you by Burgers and Brew in Chico, California. This fine establishment has hands down the best burgers in town and has 64 beers on tap. Come check them out at 301 Broadway Street, Chico, California. They have a great happy hour from 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, with a dollar off beers and some great food specials, including $2 tacos. Tacos. Once again, Burgers and Brew, Chico, California. Come enjoy a beer of three. <laughs> Here we are, man. We're still... I just finished my, my beer of the day, and I'm getting a little buzzed. Let's, uh, let's talk about what's got us excited, what's got us buzzed in fantasy football. You, you want to go first? You want me to go first? No, I'll go first, man. Yeah. Um, so I, I, think
1: I've, I think I've talked about this before, uh, but like, it's got to be Derrick Henry, man. It's just... It's just really time to just sit back and appreciate what this dude does. We, we probably won't ever see another player like him. They just don't build humans like him in the first place. And to see him, you know, getting the work that he does, um, it, it, it's, it's going to be rare in the future. That with the development of committee backs, um, it's just more and more shared touches. And, and it seems to work for NFL teams. And it's hard to just give one player... I think he's on pace for 500 rushes this year. It's hard to do That's that. That's unreal. And well, there's an extra game. Yeah, <laughs> sure. 100 120 extra touches in that last game. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, it's just it, it, it's crazy to to see that big of a human run that fast and that powerful, that consistently. And you know, it's when I was a kid, I remember growing up and hearing about like, oh, you guys never saw Earl Campbell or Brown or you know, the, see all these great players and and when you know you're watching one of those great players, I just really like to sit back and enjoy it. And, and just, I laugh audibly when I watch the highlights of just, look at that dude plow over three individuals and stiff arm a fourth in the ground before running 20 miles an hour into the end zone. I mean, he's already over 500 yards for four games
0: in. And the first, <laughs> the first game was a fucking dud. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, yeah. he, is, he is unreal to watch, and I will... You know, stand there and say I was a hater for his first couple of years. I have never drafted him, never had him. Always thought, well, yeah, but he can never do it again. Yeah, but yeah. he can never do it again. And now, <laughs> no, whatever that dude, that yeah. dude can do whatever he wants. He wants to play <laughs> till he's forty. Let him go. He'll do it. Yeah, he's a he's definitely a beast. Yeah. How about for you, man? What do you man? It's kind of hurts my heart a little bit, <laughs> Sandeep. If you're out there. I need you to skip ahead a few minutes and not listen to this. The thing that's got me buzzed is Tom Brady. Tom fucking terrific. <laughs> and I hate it. Yeah, I mean, the guy is unreal. He, you know, first off, he got away from Belichick, and he's friggin' hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean... The interviews he's doing, he's doing, com- he does a commercial for Subway <laughs> talking about their bread. And then the commercial is like, you don't even eat bread. He's like, I know. <laughs> like, what? I mean, off the field, the guy has become one of my favorite interviews, one of my favorite, you know, just spokespersons for the NFL since he's been out. Like, his attitude changed. I mean, it, it, clearly Belichick runs a tight ship. Yeah. And clearly Arians doesn't run that same ship. <laughs> Different um, coaches. Right. Time. So it's, and God, he's so good. And he's been doing it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking up uh, some different stats and uh, this one that I didn't find it, but it, people have been talking about it on Twitter a little bit and stuff is that he is about to throw more touchdowns in his forties <laughs> than he threw in his twenties. <laughs> So from 2000 to 2006, it was like I think it was 23 to 29. That's when he got drafted. Yeah. He threw 147 touchdowns. Since turning 40, he's thrown 135. So he's 12 touchdowns short of and a year less. Yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna break that. He's gonna throw more touchdowns in his 40s. I mean that he might do it in the next two games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for real. <laughs> I, I did hear somebody be like, well, is he going to throw more in his 40s than his 30s? That's not really possible. Yeah. The guy threw over 300 in his <laughs> 30s. I mean, the guy is unreal. It sounds like you're challenging him right now. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. Play, no, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Him and Derek Henry may play till you know, we're 75. Yeah. Um, another crazy stat, um, Tom Brady started his career in uh, 2000. Yep. Uh, um, he had won three Super Bowls by 2005. Calvin Johnson was drafted in 07. Yeah. Calvin Johnson played his entire career, retired, and made the Hall of Fame. And Brady is still playing, yeah, and winning Super Bowls. And yeah, <laughs> he's won three Super Bowls since Megatron has retired. I mean, it, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, no matter what. Peyton Manning is my guy. Yeah, I mean he, he will always be my guy. But I am. You can't argue Tom Brady being the goat. I mean, yeah, I, I, for the longevity and everything. I mean, one thing though, I will say that Peyton Manning did it with Adam Gaze. <laughs> that's got to count for two. Super so Bowls. yeah, that's, that's got to be, be gonna, that's got to Count for at least two. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, another thing that I looked up uh, that I saw was Cliff Kingsbury. Was drafted by the New England Patriots in 2003. He didn't play that year. He went on the IR, but he won a ring. So he he's, he won a ring with New England Patriots, technically as Tom Brady's backup. And uh, now he's the coach of the 4-0 Arizona Cardinals. I, that blows my mind. I had I had no idea
1: about that. I. <laughs> That's, a, that's an awesome stat. That's a stat of the day right there. <laughs> I do want to look up, and I was going to look up last night, but one thing led to another, and, and I forgot. I want to see how many, what the ratio is of how many playoff wins Tom Brady has since Peyton Manning retired next to Peyton Manning's whole career. Because that was his thing for a while. He'd be one and done in the playoffs like a bunch while Tom Brady's just plowing through him going to Super Bowls.
0: Yeah, and, we, we were looking it up just when I was looking up some other stuff you and I were talking about. Yeah. The, the AFC Super Bowls, <laughs> and it was, for years, it was, there was like, it was Pittsburgh with yep. Big Ben. Yep. He went to three. Yeah. Um, Peyton Manning, both with the Colts and with the Broncos. Yep, that's four. And then um, Tom Brady. Yeah, and that's six. That, uh, I mean, and it was like, it, yeah, it was like a 12-year,
1: 13-year. Yeah. I think it was 13 and, out of 14 years. And the one was, was
0: uh, Flacco. when <laughs> Flacco the giant slayer, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and just and I mean that was it. That was yeah. that was who represented the AFC for all, all those years. Yep. You know? Yeah, it's tough to admit that you have a fondness for Tom Brady. I've been
1: there, man. It's because I spent 15 years of my life just just sick of it. Sick of it. No matter what happens, he was winning in the playoffs. It's supermodel wife. Everything was great, you know. It just and he was like a robot. That's
0: yeah. what pissed me off. Right. He'd just right. be like,
1: I'm a puppet. I got to say what Belichick tells me to say. And, and he was great at that. And so now to kind of see some of his goofiness shine through. And he's a big goofball, man. Yeah, and it's, it's hilarious. I, I got to agree with you, man. I'm, I've been hesitant to say that I'm a fan of Tom Brady, but it's, it's, a, it's a goddamn fact now. Shit. Yeah, and I, I just said that
0: where people are going to hear it. Now it's, I can't take it back. It's out there in the real world. I fucking hate it. I was, <laughs> I mean, I've, Peyton Manning has always been my guy yeah. and the number of times that uh my buddy deep and i he's just a huge Patriots fan would go back and forth and just drunkenly like yell at each other <laughs> over who was better <laughs> and you know and that was a big thing too the robotness oh yeah yeah you know? now that he's out of that <laughs> he you gets know to be a goof yeah, yeah he, he gets to be himself and and that's been that's been a lot of fun <laughs> Um, it's been fun. It's always fun to hear, you know, what's got you buzzed, what's got you going in, in fantasy football. Um, but sometimes it leads to drunken trades. Uh, we have a drunken trade of the week. This is uh, on Facebook at Bad Fantasy Football Trades. I was looking through it last night, and I found this trade. And I'm going to be really honest. When I first saw it. I thought that it was Robinson, the running back. I thought it was, and I, you know, so the trade is uh, Zach Pascal, wide receiver mm-hmm. for Indianapolis. Guy sent, he was, he was giving that player up. Yeah. And he was getting back Allen Robinson. Yeah. And at first I thought it was James Robinson. I'm like, that's a horrible trade. Yeah. <laughs> and then I looked and I saw it was Allen Robinson. I'm like, that's even worse. <laughs> that's even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, holy shit. How drunk do you have to be to send that?
1: Or just how much? How much do you have to not care that people know you're stupid? Like, I mean, that's that's just like how do you? How, okay, you run it through your head, and you're like, okay, well, Zach Pascal had the game with a couple touchdowns, and da da da, and Allen Robinson hasn't done it this year. But it's. There's such a huge gap in talent, and there's such a huge history of utilization with Alan Robinson. Oh, I have, yeah. Like, it, it's not even something I could pretend to justify to, to somebody else. Like, oh, yeah, you know, it, except for maybe, you know, somebody that I'm just douching around with. Like, me and you, we banter about this type of crap. But that's something that he put out into the world.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, that's worse than me saying I like Tom Brady. yeah. <laughs> I drafted Alan Robinson uh, this year in a redraft, and I don't usually have him. Usually somebody takes him before I get the opportunity. And though I'm disappointed in yeah. his play, I'm, I'm still keeping him. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm still treating him as the draft pick that I drafted him at and expect him to still get there.
1: Yeah. So look at it like this. You have, you have to fill a wide receiver spot. You have both Allen Robinson and Pascal on your bench. Because right now, Robinson's on my bench, so let's be honest. Yeah, like yeah, he's, yeah. he's been a letdown, but you know, maybe he's going to develop some rapport with, uh, with Fields. Maybe you know, moving forward, he's going to ask for the ball a bit more, like he's used to getting 150 targets here. Is there a, a scenario, besides Allen Robinson being hurt or anything, that you're going to
0: push Pascal in ahead of him? Not unless you are Zach Pascal and it's your team, <laughs> or is it's his mom oh, or probably his family. His mom. Yeah, his yeah, mom yeah, yeah, that it, yeah. That could be true. That could be true too. She's
1: probably smart enough though to be like, nah, man. Yeah. "Alan Robinson's my boy."
0: <laughs> she tells him, You're "Yes, I'm starting you on my team." She's not <laughs> yeah. really. She's starting Alan Robinson. Yeah, yeah. I, that is a great way to look at it though. There's never. There never. I would never. Yeah. No matter what, you would exactly. never put in Zach Pascal yeah. over Alan Robinson. Now watch yeah. him go off for forty. Oh yeah, forty yeah, yeah, points yeah, for after sure. After we roast this guy, but yeah.
1: Um, yeah, there's there's a I've I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of trying to buy low on players, um, like right now Calvin Ridley's a big buy low target in in Dynasty especially, um, but like that's stupid that trade right there, um, and honestly like if you have one of these players even if that's in redraft like who the hell's gonna sell that low on. You know, you had to get Robinson the first three rounds, right? Right. I yeah. mean, he's your—he's most likely either you, you went zero running back and he's your wide receiver two or he's your wide receiver one and you're not going to sell him for Pascal.
0: Yeah, buy low, just so people know, when somebody says <laughs> something is buy low, it means that the store that is selling that thing, person, mm-hmm. item, has put it on sale. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean that it's not selling at all. And yeah. they gave it to the dollar store to yeah. sell for a dollar <laughs> it's garbage. Yeah. Dollar store. yeah. And that's what you tried to do. You tried to give a dollar for Alan Robinson. Yeah. That's, n- that's not enough. No. Yeah. I don't, I can't <laughs> even think what would you trade for Zach Pascal? I just pick him up off the waiver wire. <laughs> and then trade him yeah, for trade Allen him for fucking Allen Robinson bro. I'm a genius. I think I would give you like a fourth round pick to take Zach Pascal off my team. Yeah. <laughs> so you get both. You yeah. get Pascal and the Ford. Oh yeah. And then you get a roster. Spot. <laughs> and then I get a yeah. roster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: That, it, that's, that's bad. And, and normally too, the, I want to clarify the buy low. Like, normally when I hear buy low, that just means players that are normally unacquirable are right. now acquirable. Right. Like, at the beginning of the season, you weren't getting Calvin Ridley. You weren't getting DK. You weren't getting Allen Robinson, most likely. Like, you, you weren't able to trade for them. Um, but now, after a couple down weeks, sure, maybe, maybe you can get something. But they're still going to expect some, some playable uh, options in return and probably draft picks. You, there's equity in those players. So when you hear people say buy low people don't be stupid. Yeah. I think that should just be the motto of our bad fantasy trading. Just
0: don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Yeah, don't be stupid. Brought to you by com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it's tough too because you send a trade out like this, how do you like how do you get into a real trade with this person ever? Again? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. You it, know?
1: That's that's a bridge, a bridge burner. Exactly. Like I've I've had trades sent to me by people where I'm like, "Man, This guy is either an idiot or thinks I'm an idiot. And now every time I go to look at a player and they're on that team, I'm like, he's either going to want the world for this maybe boom player or um, he's he's just going to counter with some ridiculous shit. Um, So, yeah, it's you got to be careful with the trades you sent out. Send trades out. I wanna encourage that. That makes fantasy funner, it makes everything about fantasy football great because you get to create dialogue. But if that's, that's a non-starter. If you send something out so bad where the, you can't even get a response or you can't even start a talking point with it, then it's counterproductive. You, know, you wanna create those conversations um, so you can eventually kinda of go back and forth and get the player you want. Maybe you give up a little bit more than you wanted, but you get a little bit extra too. It's, it's a key part of dynasty. It's a key part of fantasy football. Um, so don't ruin it by sending stupid shit out. Yeah, I really,
0: personally, mm-hmm. I, like, I can't lie, send out some shitty trades. Oh, yeah, me sure. too, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I like to have my trade be something that I think could be accepted. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I could see where that could work. A lot of times... Pretty much every – there are times when I'm like, I want somebody so bad, I'm going to just send you my best offer. Like, here here it is. Every draft pick you have. Lay it out on the table. <laughs> Gosh, I should have taken <laughs> that. Um, you know, and I'll do that sometimes. But sometimes if I'm just kind of feeling a player out, you know, I'm going to send them something, and I'll be like in my head, okay, I'm going to send them this, but I'll go up to here if they come back. But I hate when – like I don't want to send a trade out that's just not even close. Yeah. I did I did one to you not too long ago and you're like, this isn't even close. And I was like, oh God, yeah. I felt like bad. <laughs> I felt like like sleazy, you know. I was like, oh man, like how did I how did I do it, you know, so bad. But it it's nice when you can kind of get feedback and, you know, try to do other stuff. I had a trade offer yesterday in a dynasty league. It's a it's a tight end premium league and a guy wanted um, Noah Fant, mm-hmm. and he gave me uh, Dan Arnold, I think it is, right? Is that the tight end? The postman. Yeah, <laughs> Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold. And uh, a 24 second. And uh, it's tight end premium. Noah Fant's my starting tight end. Yeah. I do have pits, though. I have pits. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I, I think I can possibly move Fant. You know, and I had just got done listening to uh, another podcast, and they were talking about how it's just a done deal that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Broncos (laughs) next year. You know, so I was like, oh man, like, fan, that could. So I I countered because I didn't want Dan Arnold at all. I don't don't even want the roster spot. So I sent Noah Fant and next year's third for his next year's first. And uh, just got denied nothing, didn't hear anything back. Um, I was hoping to at least hear back, and I was going to hit him with the Aaron Rodgers is going to Denver. And, you know, it's a tight end premium, and uh, I was hoping to get it. But, yeah, just got got nothing back. I was almost, once it got denied, I almost went back in and was going to send my second and fant for the first and i was like nah, that's, that's too, that's much. too yeah, much that's fant, too much yeah. fans a good a good tight end but it so it is it's nice though sometimes to try to get some back and forth and that that really helps to- yeah and with your trade with me too like
1: that was just a preference on on a player it wasn't like it wasn't hot garbage right um right. and and also like you and i we've traded enough back and forth we've discussed enough trade talk that I know that you're not an idiot and I know that, you know, I'm not an idiot. So just sometimes uh, trades don't line up
0: for people listening to this podcast that know us personally. We know a lot of what, you know, (laughs) when you tell me I'm not supposed to know that (laughs) that doesn't help trade negotiations. Austin, it doesn't help future (laughs) trades. It doesn't help anything. (laughs) trading is the best part it is of it, it really especially is. dynasty it's yeah. the best part of it yeah
1: i love it and and <laughs> it leads to some real stupid shit on my part too because i get bored especially in the off season holy shit i just get bored and um i it, it's led to some hot garbage on my part too so
0: the number of times i just trade make a try to make a trade just to make a trade yep. is just dumb
1: and yeah, it's it's a little endorphin rust or serotonin or whatever gets released in your brain where it's like, oh, I got a new player. I'm going to look at my lineup now. What does my lineup look like this? <laughs> oh, God, look at that fucking lineup. That's a
0: beautiful lineup. And then next week, I'm like, I
1: could probably trade two of those guys.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Everybody out there, make trades. Send yeah. good trades out. Send halfway decent trades out. Don't send out Zach Pascal for yeah. Alan Robinson. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Zach fucking <laughs> Pascal. <laughs> Uh, we've all been there with drunk trades or even stupider <laughs> roster <laughs> decisions. Okay. Have an ugly or coyote ugly start-sit decision you made this week? Yeah, man. And one of them cost
1: me the, the game that I was talking about with uh, Mike Williams. I made a bonehead decision earlier on. Um, I had uh, Zach Ertz in, and I'm, I'm super not like – down on zacherts like everybody else seems to be i still he's still getting targeted he's still getting some utilization it's just that goddard is really really good as well and he definitely gets looked at a lot also Yeah, yeah um so i was woke up in the morning i'm like dude all right and i put cole Komet in and cole Komet is a great example of um perception of when you boom or when you bust in a season because he didn't necessarily boom but the first week of the season he got 11 points. He was getting utilized. He got six targets. Sure. And I was hopeful. And I was hopeful of him coming out of college. I've traded for him in a couple of leagues. And I was like, dude, no. This is, this is it. This, this will be the game. He's going to be fine. He's going against Detroit. Their defense sucks. So I was like, all right, this is going to be it. And, uh, yeah, he got me like one, 1. 1.6 points. And uh, Zacherts uh, got double digits. I know he was, yeah. I think, somewhere around 11. I forgot to write down exact number um but uh that was that was a fucking bonehead move on my part it was one of those things where i just went with like what i expected to happen um as opposed to what i've seen happen in the past and it it, just keep in mind if somebody booms in week one you can you can hate them after two weeks um and if people suck week one you can love them after two weeks too like that week one after everybody's built up and waiting to waiting to watch football and then they just you know, get their heartbroken week one by a player, it can ruin an entire perception. And uh, I try not to let that happen, but it kind of happened to me this week. Yeah.
0: I mentioned earlier the Dolphins. Uh, this is definitely my dumbness of the week. I had a league um, where I have, I have the Rams defense. Rams supposed to be a good defense supposed to, you know, going into the year, they were one of the top they were playing against Arizona Cardinals. I didn't like that matchup. No. Arizona Cardinals have been slinging the ball all over. I love some points. So I put in a bid to get the Miami Dolphins. But, of course, I just left it at a $0. Yeah, a Who wants Miami? They're a defense. They're playing Indianapolis. It's not even that great of a matchup. I mean, it, it wasn't bad. But they it's got not. Zach Pascal. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, turns out Sunday morning, waivers went through. I didn't get him. Somebody else also bid $0, but had a a higher waiver priority. They got them. I said to myself, ah, that's okay. I'll stick with the Rams. They're a good defense. Turns out the team that got the Dolphins was the team I was playing this week. (laughs) The Dolphins scored a whopping four points, which kicked the Rams' ass. (laughs) They scored negative five. Oh, yeah. Which makes it a nine-point swing. I lost by six. Oof. Not only did I lose by six, I went and looked. I was like, okay, well, who did the guy have? Because the other defense would have beat me. Anyways, no. He had the New England Patriots that he dropped for the Dolphins, who scored two points. I would have won by one point. If I just would have put a $1 bid. on the Dolphins. Cost- that's why you're not
1: a financial advisor. You're a podcaster, Nick. Cost me a game. <laughs> Could have just spent a dollar and bought yourself a win for I a buck.
0: Could have bought myself
1: Dollar tree a win. win.
0: Yeah. Zach paschal <laughs> my way Zach right into, into that. Right into there, man.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough one. I, yeah. I hate it when it just comes down, down to the same fab bid. Funny story. I'm going to detract a little bit. So uh, we had the... Uh, Tommy Tramble was a free agent and me and Butt fumble bid the exact same amount 25 bucks for a tight end Um, And it's in a tight end premium and we both kind of know he's supposed to be good in the future, but um, yeah, we had a we had a hoot uh, messing with him about that like we had some other people bid So I traded him away, you know with the understanding just to kind of troll the dude that I get a trade back Um, Like immediately after it happened. I put him on the trading block. He's Nate's "Ah, son of a bitch traded him for $20 fab and I bought him for 25 <laughs> just to, just to hear Nate be upset. He was too. It was like, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was awesome. And that worked out well. So yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things where I I always try to bid like n- never a even number, like a zero or a five or anything, just like an extra dollar or $2 over. Um, but yeah, defenses are worth zero bucks, but in that case it was definitely worth a
0: dollar, man. <laughs> I think that, yeah, that I definitely should have done that. I mean, the dollar is whatever. I think we are both pretty free with our fab money. I think you <laughs> are definitely more than I am, but in, I was looking at a league, just randomly looking at standings, and there was a league. I think you had $25 left. I had, like, 43 and then, like, almost everybody else was over a hundred or yeah. <laughs> pretty close to yeah, it.
1: Yeah. In, in dynasty, especially like, there's not going to be a whole lot of opportunities to use the waiver wire. So if like, I'm an interested, I just blew my money on players and two of them aren't even on my roster anymore. Um, but you know, if, if you want to go out and bid on a player in a dynasty league where you have 20 bench spots, like you got to go out and get them. And, and during the year, it's not really going to, there's there's very little opportunities to use your fab in the year from what i've learned from dynasty
0: not a lot of starters becoming available off the waiver wire like it is in in redraft yeah redraft totally different um let's take a look let's give out some matchups that we think are going to be advantageous for for people for fantasy this week um who do you got what do you think is going to be a good fantasy matchup sure i mean
1: you were just talking about the cardinals man like their offense is looking like what everybody hoped it was going to look like when Cliff Kingsbury came into the league. Uh, Kyler Murray has definitely developed into a very top-tier potential Jeez. MVP quarterback. That dude is just a monster out there for a little guy. But, you know, he's just – you watch him run around, and though his utilization of his running not to just gain yards but to create uh, windows for his wide receivers to get in, it's, it's next level, man. It's a beautiful thing to watch. And uh, you have that type of firepower going up against the Niners who can match them point for point. You got Kyle Shanahan, and whether it's Trey Lance or Garoppolo, they are throwing the ball to Debo. And Debo, I think Debo has 270 yak yards, which leads the NFL. The second person has 180. So he's just about 100 yards over uh, yard after the catch yards than the next person. I think he leads the NFL in, in yards right now. Um, so even if people do try to scheme him out, which is going to be tough because he's utilized as a running back, the screens, like everything, you can throw the ball downfield to him. Um, if they try to scheme him out, then he, you got Kittle. <laughs> right. You got Ayuk. They're running backs. Who the hell knows who's going to be in there? So I'm using Kittle and, and Ayuk and Debo. Not um, carry on Johnson. Not carry on Johnson. I'm sorry to say, but uh i mean th- the opportunity is going to be there i'm i'm hoping this is a shootout i love high scoring games like this uh too many times in the past when you expect a game to hit like an over under of 60 points and it's just going to be this crazy thing and then it's like 17 to 14 um that happens frequently so i hope this isn't one of those games i hope it's just headshot after headshot. you know haymaker haymaker just points left and right and um I hope Debo just keeps killing it for me, man.
0: Yeah, Debo has been great. I mean, it helps when Seattle forgets to cover him. <laughs> yeah, he was wide open <laughs> for an 80 yard touchdown. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, it- if Kyler wouldn't have hurt his shoulder oh. last year, is he quarterback two this year? Yeah, like I mean, going into drafts. Yeah, and, I, mean, right? I mean, I mean, I saw a lot of I, a lot of
1: people. Kyler was the quarterback one this year, even over Mahomes, just yeah. because of the rushing. Yeah, because he's got he can. I mean, I think he's on pace right now to throw over five thousand yards yeah. with the extra game. Blah blah blah, whatever. That's still a shitload, and like fifty something touchdowns, yeah. which is a, an insane amount. And not to mention, like he's gonna rush for just about a thousand yards. Like, so he's got the the Mahomes ish passing numbers, and then he can rush for a thousand yards. Like that's. It's fucking bonkers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just crazy that Arizona drafted him when they had Josh Rosen. <laughs> Josh Rosen and Zach Pascal, <laughs> same draft. <laughs> I was looking. I think the uh, I think the Packers at Bengals. I think that that's going to be a game that we can take advantage of. Um, I think the Bengals, even without Joe Mixon. I- I think that they want to pass the ball a lot. I think Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Burrow is getting healthy and wants to air it out. T Higgins should be back this week. Mm -hmm. That's going to help them out. The Packers have given up the second most passing touchdowns in the NFL. So I think that even without Joe Mixon, I think they're going to pass on the Packers, and I think that they're going to be able to sling the ball around. I would, you know, happily start their wide receivers, all three of them. I've been starting a lot of Jamar Chase and have been really happy with that. The Bengals, on the other hand, they're middle of the road in pretty much most of the defensive statistics. But I looked it up, and they've played Minnesota, Chicago, Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville. Those are pretty much some of the worst offenses in the NFL this year. So you get an offense like the Aaron's have going, and I think they can definitely put up some points on the bangles. Oh, yeah. I think that those offenses that they played skewed the, their defensive stats to look a little better than, than they actually are going to be, I think, Aaron Rodgers will throw the ball around quite a bit. Devontae Adams will be, will be big. And Aaron Jones, I mean, he's a, he's a must start every week yeah. anyways, but yeah. I think this is a good time for them to, to go off and, and score some points. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I fully agree on all that. Um, the only, the only hiccup I have is Jair Alexander, their quarter cornerback uh, for green Bay is uh, top tier. And um, Jamar Chase has been amazing. He's looked like he was trolling everybody in preseason by kind of luring them into think that he wasn't getting it, and he's been everything that you hoped he would be coming out of the draft, especially as a rookie. Um, but Jair Alexander can shut people down. Uh, he does do a great job on uh, one-on-one coverage. Um, so if I, if I had to pick a wide receiver on like, a, like D, uh, DFS, um i'd probably go higgins on this one he's had he was out last week with an yeah. injury but that's because it was a short week he was close to playing last week as it was so i'm i'm looking for t higgins and um with all the the passes that mixon was getting i'd look for like tyler boyd to be getting those small little uh, dump off passes now um but yeah there should be there should be some explosive firepower here and um yeah aaron jones has just been a monster yeah look at you funny story um with uh, the five-point bonuses, he got me that last week, and then his last run was for negative one yards, and I lost it. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going against you, but so uh, obviously I'd already locked up that win pretty handily at that point. But, yeah, I was like, well, wait, where, where did the point go? <laughs> and I saw like it was negative one yard. I was like, son of a bitch. So that can happen in those bonus games too, which makes it even more
0: fun. It reminded me just when you were talking about some of the over-unders in the, you know, when you were saying that the Niners Cardinals you're hoping it hits the over and a uh, friend of the show, Joe Griff, he was telling me about a bet this, this week he took, uh, in the Buffalo game, the over under <laughs> was 40.5. He took the over and it was 40 to zero. <laughs> So That's you a tough beat, it. man. Yeah. a tough beat. One team scores 40. You <laughs> needed 0. 0.5 from the other team and, and uh. didn't get it. Quick reminder, it's Thursday. Unflex your flex players. Make sure you're you're putting if you have a wide receiver in your flex spot that plays Thursday, move them to wide receiver. Give yourself the flexibility to play any position in your flex spots mm-hmm. later in the week. What am I missing? Anything else? I know who you got tonight. It's the Rams and the Seahawks. <sighs> Let's go. I'm going to go with the Rams. Right, I, I, I think the Seahawks aren't what they used to be, especially on defense. Oh, yeah. They haven't been for a while. I think they almost lost to the Niners with a rookie quarterback. <laughs> and uh, I think that Stafford gets it done. Yep. I'm hoping for a big game from
1: Stafford and Cup again, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm still waiting to see if they're going to. Let Bobby Trees go or not and see if they can unleash him. Um, but we'll see. Said they're gonna. We'll yeah. find out tonight. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We're so happy to have you. Please give us a follow and review at iTunes. All iTunes reviews will be shouted out on the show. Also, we do have an email, at gmail.com. if you want to ask us any questions. Maybe we'll eventually have a mailbag episode if we can ever get a question or two. Maybe we'll just make them up ourselves. <laughs> Thanks for checking us out, guys. Cheers.